to this episode of Say Something Interesting. This is the follow-up podcast from Eastlake Tri-Cities Church in Tri-Cities, Washington. My name is Megan, and with me, as always, is my friend Brent. Hey, guys. We are excited because we just wrapped up. We had a big weekend here at Eastlake. We just wrapped up our series uh, called Trust Issues, and then on Friday night, we had our big Drinks for Drinks event, which was a super big success, according oh, yeah. to everything. Tell I me heard. what your favorite part of that night was, Megan. <laughs> um, going, getting into bed at oh, like ten o'clock. <laughs> Megan <laughs> skipped our event because she had a big test on Saturday, which she crushed. Everybody yeah, I passed it. Congratulations, woo, woo. big party. Yep. We brought cigars to celebrate today. Just kidding. <laughs> um, but uh, now we had a great time on Friday night. It was thank you to everybody who came out and uh, and had a good time with us, and for those of you who donated to our silent auction, we raised. Uh, almost $5,000 just in the silent auction alone, which yeah. is huge. We've never done... So to go from zero to that helped us reach our goal, for sure, of flying past $10,000. It's somewhere in the vicinity of eleven, eleven five is kind nice. of where we're landing at. Um, so that's awesome. And there's still, you know, a c- couple of things to kind of finalize before we kind of put out an official number, because mm-hmm. um, I don't trust Gary's math. But uh, it's <laughs> it's happening, you guys. We, we definitely hit 10000 which is the first time... That we've ever done it by ourselves. A couple of years ago, we were got really close, and somebody in the church um, said, "Whatever it takes to get us up to ten, we'll write the check," which is super generous and awesome. And so we have hit ten before, but like mm-hmm. this time without the help of you know, like with no training wheels on, basically yeah, is how yeah. that worked. Um, so yeah. super awesome. Thank I was you guys super excited when you guys announced you're going to do a silent auction. I was like, that's going to push it over yeah. for sure. Yeah, because people love silent auctions. And the weather was great that evening. It wasn't too hot. It was perfect out uh, the back alley to take over with the food trucks awesome and, and the acoustic sets back there and it was just it's just a really like super fun event and right now we're kind of on the emotional honeymoon high of of the event uh, and yet we're all we're, we just started dreaming for next year already today yeah. in staff yeah. meeting we spent like an hour going how do we what do we do to make it better next year and, and what do we what do we think we can do so i'm excited for it uh so mark your calendars for next year for sure to be a part of our drinks for drinks event yeah and uh, thanks to all who participated gave and uh just you know made the party happen so pretty great very exciting. How was your weekend besides your test? Anything exciting? Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Not really, actually. Can I, I went you? to minors. I saw that on your yeah. Instagram. Because that's the only appropriate response when you have to drive all the way to Yakima to take Absolutely. a big test. Yeah. It was either going to be a conciliatory meal or a celebratory meal. Yeah. And thankfully, and it was a celebratory meal. It was celebratory meal. for sure. <laughs> yeah. We, I was uh, excited. Miners has a special place in my heart. I used to coach basketball for Pasco High. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we'd take the buses in there, and they would feed the coaches. And what you don't know is that they just literally throw food to the coaches yeah. in the in the back kitchen. And we ate so much food. Yeah, because we you bring like fifty hungry boys and into, their families and their usually. Families. Yeah. So it's a it's a huge win for them. Yeah. And uh, it's why every bus goes to miners is because exactly. of that. So they've got a yeah. niche in the market. I didn't realize how you know because like I don't know when you're looking at the calendar early on in the year you're like I don't want to go to Wenatchee for sure uh, on the bus <laughs> trips you know and and then you got to go to Yakima twice because we were playing Eisenhower and Davis. And, uh, and and then, because I, I didn't know, I had no oh, idea. Yeah. And then once I was exposed to it, I was like, well, sign me up for every Yakima <laughs> trip. Because I'm eating good in the neighborhood that yeah. evening. My friend Brian used to be a uh, youth pastor. And uh, when they would like go to Gormley, which is a camp up on White Pass, they would stop at Miners. And one time, or maybe a couple of times, the manager was like, are all these kids with you? And he was like, yeah. And they're like, don't worry about paying. Yeah. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> Have you ever met the owner? Have you ever um, seen her? I've seen her, but I don't think I've met her. My mom went to school you with... You see her hair before you ever see her. It's true. My mom went to school with uh, her sons. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. 
uh, because she grew up in Yakima. She has so. got a TV evangelist personality. Oh, and yeah. look, and I think she's smell. taken my order a few times. Has she? Yeah, yeah. It's it, and she runs the show, man. She yeah. is a. Although I haven't seen her recently, so I don't know if maybe she's taken steps oh, away. Oh, okay. I, I haven't been there yeah. in, man, five years probably. Yeah. But he was great. All right. That was not why we, we did this podcast, <laughs> but good for you for going to Miners. Yeah. We had an exciting, uh, well, basically all Friday was, I was here at 4.45 doing a, a clip for the news, and then we didn't get out of here till close to 1 or something like wow, that. that night. A... And then back on Saturday to clean up. Uh, and then Saturday, I basically just fell on my couch for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sunday, here's what is exciting on Sunday, at about 9, 10, so Saturday, let's see, Friday night we just pulled everything in from the alley and basically threw it inside the doors, locked up and went home. Mm-hmm. Saturday we got here and we're like, how do we do the minimum we can to like get ready for Sunday? And we also had an event in the building sun- Saturday afternoon, which was just kind of dumb planning on our part, but mm-hmm. whatever. Um, so we, we got all that. So basically we got everything from outside, inside on Friday. On Saturday we got everything either in the basement or the storage room or the office and just threw it in there, right? Uh, so in the basement, it was basically open the stair, open the door, throw everything down the stairs, and we'll figure it out on Monday. Mm-hmm. Well, on Sunday, we went down to go grab something. Uh, Andrew went down to go grab something at about 9 o'clock and found three inches of standing water in our basement because we had thrown down the hose, and at some point in the uh, in, in the course of the activities, that hose had burst. And so at about 9, 10, about 20 minutes before service starts, I get a, <laughs> I get a message from Andrew our basement's flooded. And it's not it's not really a basement. It, mm-hmm. There's stairs going down into it, but it's on level it's on level uh floors or level spot from all, all of the kids like the kids rooms, the yeah. back alleyways and even the main theater. There's just a couple like a cement wall and then a drywall um between those two things. Mm-hmm. But uh we were just we were like what do we do? And <laughs> before service, <laughs> so they're in the back. I'm I'm trying to speak I can. I, our TV's flickering in the front. Yeah. Our our basement's <laughs> flooded. They're running sump pumps out the back, and they're yelling at each other, trying to get these fans going. I was so <laughs> scatterbrained for first service, guys. I don't even know what I said. It was craziness. Yeah. Oh, but we survived. Uh, and yes. Finished off our series. Did communion. Had a great uh, a great weekend. Uh, so kudos to our entire team. Really, um, specifically uh, Amy Snyder, Amy Morris carried the ball big time on the on the. Uh, Friday night festivities, and then just everybody team captains stepping up on Sunday and still being able to flip it and do church on yeah. Sunday, which is awesome. So, um, good. We talked uh, a little bit about a parable uh, that uh, Jesus talked about when it comes to money. Really, when you think of two of the most famous uh, Jesus talks about uh, Jesus parables about money are these two things, like the the Luke chapter sixteen one and uh, the one that we talked about on Sunday, which is the shrewd Ma- manager. Right? Yeah, shrewd manager. Yep, mm-hmm. and then Matthew chapter twenty five, which is the parable of the talents. Uh, master gives uh, five bags of gold to one, two to another, and one to the last one. What'd you do with it? You know, two of them made do, made good on theirs. One of them buried it in the ground and gave it back and said words here's the money that belongs to you versus the other two had said here's what's entrusted to me the same answer jesus gives to both of them that do the right thing and say well done good and faithful servant until the last one this guy throw him outside in the darkness where there's bitter weeping and gnashing of teeth Mm -hmm. so um (laughs) super fun obviously a a super fun yes just a real fun topic of jesus um you know what i mean obviously tongue-in-cheek a little bit on that um 
So, uh, yeah, so we have this idea of, of, of maximizing opportunities. We have this idea of what you do with what you have is, not as, is, is more important than what you have, what you've been given. Um, I labeled us all two-bag kind of people because yeah. we all know people you who are five-baggers. You called us two-baggers. I had to say that very slowly and carefully. Yeah. And it still got some muffled laughs, yeah. you know. Um, well, you said it a number of times in a row, and then there was, like, this ripple in at least in the nine o'clock service, yeah, it took him about like, three times to catch it. There's this like ripple of like, did he just say he's that? saying that? What's he saying? Too often, yeah. I I'm feeling a little awkward. I don't like it. I don't, like it. <laughs> but I don't think it's wrong. One of your one of your comments in between services was, uh, it doesn't just happen in terms of wealth because it's not like we could point to, well, I don't have, I didn't have a trust fund, and we can point to people who, you know, they never have to work a day in their life, and those we would call five bag people, and we would say, I grew up in a pretty decent home in America. My parents. Either paid for my first car or gave you know paid for my insurance. From it was it was generally pretty good, and we all have friends who we would say you know they came from they they didn't have two nickels to rub together, and they really made it work from nothing. Or you hear the success stories mm-hmm. from nothing that come from nothing. For the most part, a lot of us look around going, I'm not the richest person, not the poorest person. I'm kind of like that two bag kind of person. But you mentioned to think of it outside of even just economic terms, yeah. and even in terms of opportunities, in terms of skill sets, in terms of looks and attractiveness and all that kind of stuff. We all know people who are like five five baggers when it comes to looks and then you know we're like trying to make it work like we have to we have to like uh spend money on fashion have you ever had here's the frustrating part for me is when it comes to clothes there are people who just like they clothes just fit them well and Mm -hmm. i wouldn't even say that they're exceptionally fit or whatever it was just like god gave them broad enough shoulders I think that's what it yeah. is. That's what I <laughs> tell like, myself it was. They're it the is. same proportions as the people who, that the designers are designing clothes yeah, for. Yeah. Which is like only maybe 10% of the people they who put actually up, wear I wear clothes. this same exact outfit. We're relatively the same in terms, you know, whatever. And I'm Mr. Frump and they are like, <laughs> like you. it looks like a mannequin. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I do know what you mean. Uh, uh, yeah. I'm sure you feel that a lot because your wife is kind of. <laughs> she, she is. She's a five bagger. <laughs> No question about it. She wears, like, I have to spend lots of money on clothes. I feel like to, not lots of money, but like I spend more than she does, right? Lots of money is way relative because I don't, I shop at Costco mostly. She shops at like Old Navy and like Target clearance and then can pull that stuff off where I'm, I'm like, I I have to pay a little bit more for a little bit more fitting Mm -hmm. of a shirt or whatever. Uh, You just looked at my shirt as I said that. Well, you said shirt, so I looked at your shirt. You're actually wearing kind of a here, nice Megan. polo eyes, shirt today. I, I am. <laughs> I uh, I had some meetings this morning that ah. I needed to to kind of look nice for. There you so. go. Oh. Uh, what did I just do? Did you? Is it still recording? That's gonna be fun. <laughs> Brent pushed a button. Yeah, you oh. just looked at my shirt, and now we're we're back to recording. We had a little issue there, but I was I was gonna say before I accidentally hit some stupid button, I'm gonna move this away from me. My eyes are up here, Megan. If you could just keep your eyes focused, that'd be yeah. fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, that's funny. Let's see. Uh, some of the other things we talked about is you know just money management stuff in terms of man- monitoring expenses was the big idea. Um, you can only do so much in terms of uh, adjusting your income, right? I think you should work really hard. I think you should uh, be creative in, you know, side hustles and whatever to be able to maximize money and all that stuff to some degree. I mean, make it a factor, but not the factor. We blah, 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 week one, right? 
Uh, but in this one, this is all about here's what you can control a lot because you can't control sometimes how much your boss is going to give you, even though you did a bang up job. Listen, the economics of our current model of way of doing things for our business just doesn't allow me to pay you any more than I want to. Here's an extra day of vacation instead of money. Right. So that doesn't help you with your bottom line. But what you can do is monitor expenses. And uh, and you are you and I are both in every person is more prone to be careful with what we have when we're actually monitoring it. And it doesn't add up to just say, well, I could download my, like, you know, my expenses anytime. I, I can export the CSV or, or Excel file and, and look at it. Yeah, but you don't. And when you get the credit card bills and, you know, bills in the mail, you open it like I open it. You look for the due date and then it's on auto pay. So you just throw it in the garbage or file it, which is what you should do because, you know, whatever. But mm-hmm. how about for you? Are you are you good at this? Is this um, a skill set for you? I mean, I don't know that I would call myself good per se, but I don't like, I have a very small income. And so I have to be aware. Yes. Um, and like I, you talked about in the talk about balancing the checkbook and I don't necessarily balance my checkbook, but I definitely like one of the ways that I keep track of it is I write things down in my checkbook. So in the lead, like that's one area where I write down all of my expenses and things that go out, um, is in my checkbook. And so, and then I also have you like, still, you still do that even mm-hmm. to this day. I don't like balance it yeah. ac- like against the Cause here's bank, my philosophy but... on it with the, with the checkbook thing, right? We hardly ever write checks. See, but I still write a few, at least I write rent and a couple other bills on a check. And so it like, and those are like good anchor points for yeah. me to like go through and look at what I've spent and what's gone out and what's come in and, that kind of thing. Because the reason checkbooks so. were so important is you never knew when somebody else was going to cash that check. And so you didn't want to overextend yourself because you're like, I, th- I think I should have enough in the account. This is going to make sure. But with the advent of the uh, debit card and the instant kind of withdrawal from well, your yeah, account. And even like Venmo and like all of that, people don't write checks to each other anymore. No, hardly ever. Almost and never. So, I mean, yeah. it's all it's all different. So therefore, uh, it's not a matter of, okay, guys, you need to monitor your checkbook. There's got to be a different way mm-hmm. to be able to do that. And I, I didn't give real practical examples in terms of what people use or what you could use. Um, but I, my wife and I, I'll just give our example out. We use Mint, which is like an online app made by Intuit, the same people who do TurboTax or whatever. Um, and you link all, you can link all your savings account, checking accounts. You can link your, your bank loan, your mortgage, home mortgage thing, your, your car loans, all that kind of stuff, all into one different place. And I probably check it um, every day, probably at some point, maybe every two or three days, um, just because of habit. And I'm, you know, I'm sitting around, you know, I'm doing something. I'm driving. No, I'm not driving somewhere and looking at my phone. I am. What should I say? I am sitting <laughs> at the bus, riding the bus. No, I don't no, ride not. the bus. Uh, like I, waiting at a doctor's or something. Something, like that. right? I'll, I'll browse through it, right? Yeah. Uh, Kylie looks at it probably. I don't know. I, you could ask her, but definitely not as much as me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we both have access to it whenever we want. It's complete transparency but between you know both things. It's not like I have a version that has 12 accounts and she only has eight, and I don't know why we'd have 12, but you could, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that kind of access, and are we looking at it? And she'll challenge me too. Hey, what'd you spend $40 at Target on? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I'll be like, oh, you know, cool stuff. Stuff for <laughs> you probably. I don't know. <laughs> Um, and, uh, so that, that has been kind of our way of doing things. So I didn't want people to walk away. I left yesterday going, I didn't want you to think, oh, Brent's saying pull out graph paper and write those things yeah. down. Like, I know that that's probably unrealistic for you for that. Um, maybe it is. Ironically, 
I do use graph paper to write down. Uh, there you go. So <laughs> speaking to all different types of things. And here's the other deal, too. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's important, and this is what I like about the Mint piece, I think it's important to put them into not just seeing them and going, yeah, I really did spend that there, but are they into the different categories to see exactly how much you spent on things like entertainment in mm-hmm. your budget or eating out. I think people vastly underestimate how much they spend on eating out and mm-hmm. entertainment yes. and coffee. And they're like, oh, I don't know. maybe Because I, I underestimated when Kylie asked, when we sat down to do a budget uh, nah, a couple years ago, probably three or four years ago, um, uh, she was like, so what do we budget for groceries? What do you think we should budget for groceries? And I was like, uh, I don't know. We spend a lot, maybe like $100. <laughs> I remember her going... It's more like, you know, and I don't remember what it was. It was a lot. It was well, a lot like more a than what I said. Six, family so. is six. She's like, what are we eating? Yeah. Uh, Beans and rice. Yeah. <laughs> Golden puffs for yeah. every meal. Some sort of malto meal breakfast for lunch. Mm. Anyways, I highly underestimated that. Uh, underestimated that. And also, you know, I didn't. I don't feel like we eat out a lot, but even when you are doing it with six, it adds up a lot faster. Mm-hmm. So you got to mm-hmm. kind of take those things into account. For sure. uh, and then being able to be like, okay, am I okay with where these percentages are at? That's all. That's all I'm asking you to do. I want you to track it. I want you to see categorically where it's at. And am I okay with this? And if I'm not okay with this, then I need to learn to do something different about it. And uh, in like we said, in seasons of of paycheck to paycheck, when things are uh, are tight, when the 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 scoop of income, you know, uh, is, is barely, um, catching or, or barely more than what's going out, then it, it really helps relieve some stress. And, uh, when things are in excess and you have the tendency to not be careful, it can, uh, put added pressure on you so that you don't just find yourself living for yourself and not being generous. So yeah, hopefully it was not, I had somebody come up after first service and go, I was really worried about you talking about money in church because you haven't talked about it since we started coming here. <laughs> and it was one of the topics that has turned us off big time to churches in the past, which is so true. I mean, we know that. Mm-hmm. Um, Hence the series being called Trust Issues. Yeah, which yeah was, was perfect for it. I might just do Trust Issues. We did one called, remember Buck Naked? That was another one we did once. No. You don't remember that series? I don't remember that yeah, one. Yeah, it was called Buck Naked. Um, and what was our other money series that we did? Uh, Making Sense? Something like that. Oh, I don't remember. I don't remember. Yeah, anyways. Yeah. Those are all old, old ones, but um, yeah, I just, I know oh, it's... Were they relieved, though, at how you handled it? The oh, yeah, absolutely. He was like, good news for you is I'm, I'm not leaving the church after three weeks, so, which is awesome, because I like Tim and Jen. They, yeah. I want them to be around for a long time, yeah. so, yeah, anyways. Yeah. Um, anything else that stood out to you from from the, from the message? Oh, just the Did last the AC AC analogy kind of makes sense to you. Yeah, you use he used an analogy about um, how when with air conditioning units, it's easier to keep it cool and less expensive to keep it cool than to let it get really warm and then cool it again. Which, yeah. like for money, we all kind of know that to be true. It's easier to manage what you have and stay kind of above water with what you have than try and play catch up with. Um, I worried right. that I got lost in the jokes of it because uh, yeah. I was joking about how much it costs and mm-hmm. you know all that kind of stuff. That maybe I had joked about it too much to lose the power of the analogy. Uh, so that was mm-hmm. my fear. Um, it's entirely possible. Yeah, it's possible. <laughs> so sorry if you're like, I don't understand what that had to do with anything, Brent. I just thought it was. F- I just kept like wrote one joke down, and then it like led to like three or four other lines, and I was like, I should delete some of these. And I'm like, but they're also they're funny to me, like. And they're funny, painful, because we're the ones that had uh, to write yeah. the check uh-huh. for it. Uh-huh. So it's like that la- laugh, but you're like, we could have done so much with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it just sucks because you never, you always think, 
I'm going to start putting money away to plan for those big expenses, whether it's a new car, mm-hmm. right? I know my car's got 100,000 miles on it. We're going to need a new one soon. We're going to have to start put- putting away money, and you never do, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I know our AC unit has, uh, you know, 12 years of life yet left, and so if you work out the math, it's only $40 a month if you put it away, and we never do that, mm-hmm. right? And so then all of a sudden we're met with, like, this giant, you know, you want, do you want to be able to sleep at night in cool air? Then yeah. it's going to cost you this much, so... Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's tough. I know. That's I think that's my tough piece too is the like planning ahead portion. Of my it. favorite was I did that fifteen year joke. I did the fifteen year uh-huh. loan joke, and nobody laughed. Everybody is like, "Oh my god, pastor doing a fifteen year loan on an AC unit." <laughs> <laughs> I really think that people are like, "Oh, geez, Brent," because no, I I know that there are payment plans for it. We didn't do one, but I yeah. know there are some, and. uh <laughs> I don't know how long they are, but I imagine that might maybe there maybe some of them are fifteen, and people are like, "Yeah, I know, I'm, I was locked into that too." <laughs> There's just like, like oh, quiet solidarity. Yeah, exactly. It's brutal. <laughs> no, the la- other piece is that at the end you were talking about, it's not about uh, what you do, or it's not about how much you've given. It's about what you do with what you are given. So, which is kind of the whole point of what we're talking about with the whole series, just that piece of understanding that you're we're called to a higher purpose in how we handle what we are given yeah whether it's money whether it's our talents whether it's our good looks or whatever it is you're called to like behave appropriately in how you've been given that and And, so and you said in between services that's really like the whole point of the whole series yeah like yeah, good for you for ending on that because that was that is kind of the idea behind understanding money as a means, understanding that I am at risk and I'm vulnerable of making it more than it should be, uh, and then obviously the, the the talk from Sunday of yeah kind of easing that way. So yeah, awesome. All right, here's what we want to do. We're switching things up for our say something no, interesting this week. Very different. Um, usually we come to you with something that we've read, watched, or experienced lately that we think are interesting. I met somebody interesting on Friday evening and uh, did not know too much of his story until uh, recently and uh, want to do a live interview with you on our uh, our meet someone interesting instead of say something interesting. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with uh, an interview with DJ Tarek. All right, we are back and uh, we are doing a live interview today with uh, a guy that I met on Friday night. Uh, for our Drinks for Drinks event. His name is DJ Tarek. That's probably not your real name. I mean, your real name's Tarek, but it's not DJ Tarek, right? Yeah, no. Um, or did you get officially changed? I Well, <laughs> I'm working on it, the paperwork. Um, Good. You know, this administration isn't the best for changing DJ names. Yeah. But um, I uh, currently am going under DJ Cincinnati. Oh, nice. Say, yeah. say that one more time. DJ Cincinnati. Cincinnati. So like a play on Cincinnati? I think I get it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Have you ever been That's to Cincinnati? That's where my dad grew up. Oh, that's where I think Andrew's parents grew up too. Have that's you cool. been to Cincinnati before? Never. Okay, so you're just derogatorily naming <laughs> Cincinnati. <laughs> or, uh, so I'm I, just kidding. Well, it's not derogatory. I think it's funny. Um, I think it's yeah. I think it's funny too. And so I live in Seattle right now. And the cool thing about Seattle is you don't meet a whole lot of people from Seattle, but you meet everybody from everywhere else. Right. Right. And so you start to figure out where do people come from around the country. That are your friends, you know. Sure, yeah. And I found that like people from New York, people from the Midwest, Cincinnati area, I just get along with really well. Oh, really? So Interesting. <laughs> I kind of feel like my soul. Yeah. It's like a Cincinnati soul. And and, uh, and you're from kind of Tri Cities a little bit. Yeah, you I grew, grew up, up here? here and I went to school here. Okay, where'd you go to school at? Mikan. Okay, graduated from there, or did you transfer before that? I graduated. Before that. Okay. From, yeah. All right. 
and uh, you're over in Seattle now. What part of Seattle are you in? Uh, I've been all over the place. Right now I'm in Belltown. Okay, excellent. Are you enjoying it over there? Yeah, it's, a, it's different. And, you know, there's some things I enjoy about it, some things that are always a bit different. Yeah. So <laughs> Andrew told me uh, this last year or the, a few months ago, he's like, I think I want to get a DJ for our Drinks for Drinks event for the kind of midpoint. We had, hi- we had had one last year, but it was kind of like... I don't know, it was in between some sets and off to the side, and it wasn't as big of a thing. We wanted to make it a bigger deal this year. Um, and uh, so he – how do you know Andrew? What's the connection there? Oh, we were just um, from, like, the Tri-Cities music scene going way back. Okay. He was in a, a band in high school called NID. I was in a band um, – I was in a band called uh, Ghost Animals at the time. Okay. And we used to play at these shows called Catalyst. There was a, like, free venue, community-organized, uh, next to the old Hastings in Kennewick. And I think Michael Lubin as well. All sorts of musicians oh, from man. my generation were all playing in different bands at the time right around there. So this was kind of like a reunion because Lubin was here on Friday night as well. Yeah, totally. He was wearing uh, duct tape on his nipples. I don't know if you remember that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Did you get to see that? Were you there I, for that? Okay. I saw it, you stick, for sure. around, stick around? Good. Uh, you couldn't miss it. If it, in the, and he was, He's so great. He's such an entertainer performer. Yeah. It's He's fantastic. But uh, yeah, so anyways, I told Andrew that night, I was like, dude, the DJ part was amazing. You were fantastic. It was awesome to have something going, you, you know, the power of music of just everybody having a good time and, and you don't want it to be overpowering, but you want people to be like, this is a fun place without being able to, that's, and that's the hard part about probably being a DJ sometimes too, is people can really enjoy the event and they can like point to all of the different things and you're like, it, but it was the music that was, that kind of sets the tone for the whole thing and makes like that piece, uh, something that may, maybe people don't quite highlight, but it's, it's a key part of making that whole place like a, an enjoyable experience. So kudos to, to you. Do you. How did you get into DJ stuff? Um, kind of by accident, actually. I was in uh, a band called The Echolarks that also started out here in the Tri-Cities and moved yeah. to Seattle. And um, the singer, Davey, he uh, was a DJ back in LA for a long time and was kind of introducing me to it. And I started doing it a little bit and thought it was really fun. And then suddenly some opportunities opened up. I said, I guess I'll just go and try it out. Did you guys and play at the Uptown for something? At we the, did at a couple times. I okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, I thought I remember. Did you guys write your name on the back wall? Is that where I have seen the name? Probably? I think we have. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So we have a little back hidden wall that bands mm-hmm. are invited to write their names mm-hmm. onto if they've been here. So, anyways, uh, so then, so you had a, a buddy in the band who had done it before and, and said it's a good life and you make tons of money and you get really really rich and lots of cool <laughs> girlfriends and famous too. and super famous and power and you could live in yeah. Belltown and do all the th- all the fun stuff and so then yeah. you just decided to become a DJ yeah and for the most part it's been pretty accurate um, I make tons of money I'm super famous and um, <laughs> I don't know how we got you it was amazing uh, what I love about you too is it's vinyl it's like legit vinyl stuff right I mean yeah, you had yeah. the like I don't know I think that like DJing now. It feels like for some people, like I could do, I could be a DJ, right? Give me a freaking uh, phone and Spotify, and I'll, I'll be your DJ. I know I'm in touch with the music; I can play it. But there's like a skill set that comes along with it that's even more that is that is more demanding than that. Like there's an art to it, and uh, when you go into that kind of vinyl piece of it, I think it's just awesome. So it was fun to it was fun to watch you. Uh, and I don't even know, I, you probably, you know, you're out, you were out in the center of the floor with like your head down focused and stuff. So <laughs> you probably didn't even watch people watching you, but I saw a lot of people being like, that's just really freaking cool that he's doing that right there. So that's cool. And I, I totally lost myself in it. I get, it's just super fun. Yeah. Um, I always underestimate how fun it's going to be once you get in the middle of the set and you start playing songs you love and like, mix. um, it's like, it feels like, um, at the end of the day, I'm just focused on making a dance party for myself. Okay. And then reading the room and being like, is this a dance party for myself that other people want to dance to? <laughs> yeah. 
Tell me about the uh, the worst. Have you ever done been a DJ and you're like, I'm just not connecting with the audience? Have you ever? Because there's definitely been times where like I'm preaching and I'll be like at a place or something like that, and you'll be like, I think I'm the only one that is enjoying this at all. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's just like the most awkward thing ever. I would imagine that maybe there's some of that in that world, or are you just like so good that it doesn't even matter? I think that I had one set towards the end where the audience didn't really they could care less about what I was playing. Yeah. But again, it always comes back to eventually it's just a dance party of one. And so if no one's digging it, at least I'm digging it. Yeah. I'm going to have a good time. Good for you, man. That's a good attitude to have. I think probably got to have that when you're in that kind of line of work. Do you, are you doing this every weekend? Is this something that's... No, I'm just starting out, actually. Okay. Um, I, I'm doing it maybe once a month right now. Okay. My next show is in Seattle at the Crocodile at their back bar. Me and a few other DJs are going to do a night called Night Slice. Awesome. How would somebody who is interested in uh, catching up with one of your shows, do you have a website that you go to, a Facebook page? What do you do to kind of promote where you're at and what you're doing? Or is um, it all just kind of word of mouth type stuff? Absolutely. Just text me, I guess, at this point. So okay. <laughs> if, you, if you're listening to this and you know me, go ahead and just shoot me a text okay. and I'll let you know. But I did just buy uh, Cincinnati.com and I'll be using that. Awesome. <laughs> DJ Cincinnati. And you have... Um, uh, an interesting childhood that Andrew was talking to me over at lunch because we were talking about doing this doing this podcast, and he's like, what are you going to talk about? And I'm like, whatever, man. I'm <laughs> open for anything. And he's like, you should ask him about his family and upbringing. Do uh, you want to give us a little insight into that? I mean, I know you're from Tri-Cities, but go backwards even from before that and tell us about that. Yeah, I can touch on it. Um, so my mom and dad actually moved to the U.S. from Algeria. Okay. Um, shout out to all my Algerians and the Tri-Cities and beyond. Uh is there, a lot, is there a community of Algerians here? I have no idea. I think there's a couple of families. Okay. Yeah, there's a little bit in the You guys connect and eat Algerian food and do totally. talk a little, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Good. In Algeria, actually, we just, uh, we're going to the finals in the Africa Cup. Oh, so this awesome. This Friday. Cool. Yeah, it's going to be super fun. I'm excited for that. And to all the geogra- geography uh, uh, hurting people out there, uh, <laughs> tell us where that is in relation to, uh, to uh, I don't know, Norway, Europe, all that kind of stuff. The south of both. Um, yes. It's uh, North Africa. Okay, there we go. That helps everybody. Nice job. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my mom and dad moved here from over there, and um, I uh, my first time visiting there was uh, when I was seven years old, and it is a trip. It is so different from America. Beautiful country. Amazing country. Super hospitable. The people over there are super friendly. It's like a different level than you would expect. Like everyone becomes your family immediately. Cool. But there's also some uh, some things that are taken for granted. I, I took for granted coming from America, going to a different country that's so different, where there's certain like cues or expectations that aren't going to happen. Mm. When was the last time you went to Algeria? Last time was last year. Okay, so you go back and visit often. Do you have family still over there? I do. I have most of my family over there. Okay. Um, I don't go too often. I just started going back as of recently. Okay. And so maybe I'll go again this year. Geographically, uh, what what is it like in terms of what we would know around here? In terms of like, uh, is it is it a desert? Is it uh, more lush? Is it? I I don't know anything about North Africa area. I think it's a lot like Washington in that there's a lot of different geographical areas. Okay. Algeria itself is a really, really, really big country. Okay. Biggest in Africa. Um, I believe it's about the size of half the U.S. Oh, my gosh. Really, really big. You forget, because our maps are all skewed, of how... Did you know Africa is the biggest continent that we have? I, I always it thought is. it was uh, Asia, <laughs> like with how big Russia is. Uh, but it's because mm-hmm. our maps are biased towards the northern hemisphere than the hu- southern hemisphere. Well, no, it's just the, like... 
You can't do the curvature on a flat surface. Yes, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> and so when they do it, it's not like Africa is freaking massive, you yeah. guys. It's so big. I remember, you know, getting into a fight about that and being like, no, it's Russia, you guys. Russia's huge. It's not. So I yeah. was wrong. Thanks but. for uh, defending team, team Africa. I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> team yeah. Africa. Go. Africa teammate. I appreciate it. It's cool. <laughs> um, it's it's a mostly Sahara desert. Yeah. Um, but there's about like three percent of the land that's near the Mediterranean, and it's kind of agricultural. They have snow. They have mountains. They have um, pastures. They have a lot of desert. They have kind of everything you can imagine. Being that close to the Mediterranean, I would imagine, from a world history standpoint, it would—I mean—it would be ancient in terms of like the activity of of people living there and, and civilization being there. Really old, and in, especially in relation to America, I mean, everything is in relation to America. But uh, is that true when you go and visit those places? Is it just kind of like, awe, are you in awe of kind of some of the history that's involved with that? Absolutely, yeah. Like there's an area in the city of Algiers, it's the Casbah, and it's hundreds of years old, and people are still living in those buildings and. There's um, actually a city about an hour outside of Algiers called Tibaza, and it's an old ancient Roman civilization. And there's just Roman ruins out by the Mediterranean coast, like amphitheaters built by the Romans, big pillars, all these things. And they're kind of, the forest is growing into it. Mm. And anyone can just go out there and play in it. Mm. Like if there were Roman ruins in America, I promise yeah, it'd be protected be to walk like, right over there there's right. kids kicking soccer balls playing around climbing yeah. the stuff that's really I found cool. that I lived in Italy for three years uh in high school because my dad was in the military and it's kind of similar the way that you interact with history is very much more um like it's just there and there aren't a whole lot of precautions around it there are a few things especially in Sicily which is where we live there are a few things that have like like there's this really cool house that got flooded in with mud and has really awesome mosaics and you have to walk on planks on that. Obviously you can't just walk on the mosaics, but they also have like the best Greek ruins outside of Greece and Sicily and you can just walk right up next to them. So the big question that you have to be asked all the time is Algeria to Kennewick, how did that transpire? Oh, <laughs> or man. Richland or Pasco, whichever one you're from. But yeah, like, a, what brought you to Tri Cities? Um, it's a uh, I don't know the full details. I know my so my father was like a engineer. Okay, and my family was originally in the Bay Area. Okay, we moved here when I was maybe one year old, one two years old. I was, okay. I was very very young. Okay, um, and it was for engineering. Okay. My dad got a job out in the Hanford area doing um. I think it's negative pressure systems. Don't ask me what that is, but mm. something to do with negative pressure. I and think systems. that means we have rain tomorrow. Uh. Yeah, <laughs> actually, that sounds like a weather report. You're right. Um, but also, I think that kind of the hot, dry climate over here in the summers was attractive because kind of used to that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Are they still around here? My mom is. Okay. Do you come back to visit often for her? Yeah, pretty often. Good. You got siblings still? I have one brother. He's in uh, San still, Francisco. I didn't mean still. <laughs> still, like, are they still alive? I just meant, like, are they around here still or whatever? Oh, uh, no, they're not around here. Okay. All right. Good, man. Well, thank you again for being a part of our Drinks to Drinks event. Uh, you were part of helping us raise over 10 grand for this uh, 
water projects that we're working on through Charity Water, and uh, hopefully you had a, hopefully you had a good time uh, in that evening. Were you able to kind of walk around and explore some of the different options? Yeah, and I had a friend playing. He came down from Seattle, um, Neon Bloom. He's like a oh, synthesizer yeah. solo artist, and it was really cool to see him play. I yeah. definitely walked around. I watched different acts. I saw the podcast. What was the podcast I was filming here? Uh, Vanilla Sunday is Vanilla a local Sunday, four, yeah. four guys that uh, do the podcast, though. That yeah. was super fun. I enjoyed that, that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, that's our competitor, actually, so thanks for bringing them up. Just kidding. Oh, yeah. I brought that up last week. <laughs> they told yeah. me. They told me. Like, yeah, yeah. Give us a, like the okay. exact opposite market of this podcast. <laughs> totally. Did you try I got, any, yeah, I got kind of a different vibe. Did you try any them. food truck food? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> try any food truck food la- that night? I didn't, actually. No? Plenty of beer pong or anything like that? Nothing, nothing. Just keeping it clean. Look at you. Music. Just music. Getting drunk on the music. There you go, man. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, cool, man. Cool, man. Uh, great to hear your story. Uh, I have never been to Algeria, but uh, I would love to go visit someday. The way you make it sound, I'm in. I would never think to stop there, but I'm in. What's the What city were you from over there? My mom is from the city of Algiers. Okay, okay. Yeah, and my dad's like from kind of the Berber countryside okay. further out. So if if, uh, if I, I, as a, an American tourist, were to go visit, where would you recommend? What would be the spot in Algeria? Definitely, I'd start in Algiers because okay. like the easiest city to access, fly into, and everything. Uh, yeah. yeah, and then is that the capital. Yeah, it is the capital. But then there's also um, there's some other like areas of Algeria that are harder to access without family or like in in there, and yeah. it gets more interesting and funner and more like just different the further you go out. Yeah, but Algiers is a pretty safe bet. To okay, start with that's awesome. Done. Reach out. Yeah, let me be your tour guide. Yeah, dude, come with us. Absolutely, you can put the pot. You can just uh, you can be my DJ for the flight over. What what's that flight over look like? I mean, how long is that one? Uh, it's a flight to Paris, and then from Paris you go into Algeria. I don't okay. think there's any direct from America to Algeria. Okay, all right. Paris is not a bad place to have a little bit of a layover. It's true. That's for sure. <laughs> cool, Megan. You got any questions for uh, DJ uh, Cincinnati here? No, I was not aware he was going to be here, so I didn't have anything. I know she, she got surprised. And so yeah. <laughs> I kind of just showed up tonight. It's great. <laughs> cool. All right, man. Well, safe drives back to uh, to see. Are you taking off today? I'm assuming. Yeah. Cool. Uh, safe drives back and uh, on your next show at the Crocodile Room, and uh, hopefully have you back next year for Drinks for Drinks 2020. Excellent. Thank you. Have me back anytime. All right. See you guys. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Bye. We'll see you next week.